The following program is a work of fiction and falsehood that is not meant to be interpreted as actual fact. The views expressed in this program are not necessarily those of the broadcaster or the management thereof. This program deals with morbid themes and grotesque humor. Listener discretion is advised. Disruption developer Kai Hubris, and this is Eureka Cast. Now, where science meets technology meets you. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science. Hey there, Rowan. Hello, and may the ubiquity of blessings be channeled through us this evening. Fascinating. You know, you know what that reminds me of, Rowan. What's that? Well, it reminds me a lot of, of something that I've really been thinking about this this past. Uh, this past week is the importance or, or the, the interesting brain chemistry, the, the, the brain relationship that exists between the brain itself yes. and, and the concept of, of music. Really? Yes. So we, we've, talked, we've talked a little bit about music in the past, I, I would imagine, only because we all know how important it is, how ubiquitous as you might say it is, to the to a neurological understanding. Oh, abs- absolutely. Uh, there is uh, so much evidence that come that is continuously pouring forward of how music is useful in so many contexts, both uh, academic in terms of understanding how the brain works mm-hmm. and tracking various uh, channels and energies through the brain, but also on a therapeutic level. Um, I have actually read some very compelling studies coming forward just in the last few weeks about uh, classical music, specifically Tchaikovsky, in treating rabies. Specifically Tchaikovsky? Yes. Why did the study reveal on why, why this specific composer... It's just preliminary findings. I um, have not, the full data has not been com- come forward, but I do recall that it was found that um, most other classical music had no effect on rabies and uh, Mozart actually worsened the onset. So uh, it, it should be very interesting to see where that research goes. I mean, all I, all I can say is, is the most recent studies that I once I'm curious about a topic, I can't help but look up the studies and of course, and of course. We, what I've noticed from from some of the some of the more the more private studies that I, I've dug into in the Tech Brothers archives mm. uh, is is that uh, it was a finding that music could actually be used to help further along and help 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 uh, make learning understanding very complex topics mm-hmm. and being able to effectively carry out very complex tasks uh, much uh, more much quick much more uh, much quicker um, so one, one is able to catch on to things learn new things and carry things out quicker so so legitimately what 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 they found was that if somebody learns something as a song hmm. it, it becomes part of their it, it becomes almost a a, a almost automatic they will automatically carry out a, a topic you, you introduce a song to them mm. with very specific steps and they will be forced to carry out those steps really yes. really what um are, do you have any examples of this in terms of uh what 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 would be an ex- what would be an example oh of have you heard of the periodic table song uh i don't believe i have well the periodic table song is a song uh it's, it's a song recorded uh, quite a while ago where it it, it uh it basically, uh, step by step, it, it talks about each of the elements of the periodic table. And what we found was that if somebody memorizes this song over and over again, 
they then have a, a, a response where they need to identify each of these elements in the room. That's 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 um that's incredible actually mm-hmm. that's it only made more incredible by I'm sure the the sheer amount of elements not only in at the tech Rowan have you heard everywhere. of have you heard of the 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 the, the wacko from wacko from the Animaniacs you know I was never exposed to cartoons as a child well wacko from the Animaniacs has a very popular song wherein he describes every continent, every country, I'm sorry, every country in the world. And what we found was that with enough exposure and stimulation to this specific song, what we have been able to do is, is make people understand by listening to the song over and over and over again, believe that they have, in fact, gone to each of these countries listed in the song lived years there, married, had children, explored, mm-hmm. had long fulfilling jobs and lives in each of those each of those countries. Well that that's beautiful. Every single country that's, along that's the, beautiful. The world. That's beautiful. If that is the case, um and once again I'm not really familiar with the Animaniacs, but there's so many ignorant, bigoted, hateful people out there who if they could only listen to Wacko, was it? Uh, yes, I believe the artist's name was Wacko. Uh, if they would only listen to this song, maybe there would be just that much less hate in the world. Rowan, have you heard of the song No Scrubs? No, but I do have some very interesting relation, or some very interesting, a very interesting story related to acoustics and music and then mm. this is an excellent segue excellent um rowan please would you please uh tell us what what your studies in the spirit sciences uh, uh teaches you about technology and science uh, in another regard well um this is uh this is less on the spirit science hmm. side of it although it is related to spirit science in the sense that it's it's an ancient technology right. and this is a, a a revelation in ancient technology that is to say stonehenge Stonehenge mm-hmm. has some very interesting acoustic properties, um, according to this new study coming out of Squatney, the University of Squatney in the United mm-hmm. Kingdom. Uh, historians and acoustic scientists built a scale model of the megalith Stonehenge in a sound chamber. Uh, it was a scale model, it should be clarified, of the structure as it originally was built. Um, and it was about 46 centimeters tall, or roughly 18 inches. Rowan, what is the difference between how it was originally built and and how we see it now? As we see it now, there are only a few arches remaining. Many of the stones are toppled. Before, it was a two two concentric rings of arches of various sort of of widths and spaced in certain manners. and so based on that, and, and that's been extrapolated and uh, determined from uh, the, his, the historian archaeological side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but once this, uh, the structure that is generally agreed upon was placed in the sound chamber as a okay. scale model and various tests were undergone, it had a very fascinating quality, these concentric uh, arches, in the sense that um, within Stonehenge, um, sounds coming from the center of Stonehenge were amplified within it, um, substantially so. Uh, we're talking uh, 10 to 15 decibels increase in volume. And really? outside of it, interestingly enough, there was a muffling effect. It was actually um, 10 to 15 decibels lower than the person speaking at their vo- their normal volume in the center of Stonehenge. Really? Yes. Quite fascinating. But yes. that's that's not the that's not the really exciting part. The really exciting part. I could see, I could hear the enthusiasm it, it, growing. It, it's a, it's I can a, tell that this is going to be very exciting. Oh, this is incredible. So I'm excited for you. So what they did was is they did a little a little messing around as one does in the lab and they determined by blocking individual archways with um, cloth in this case Mm -hmm. it would actually modulate the sound that emanated from the center of the circle when someone was speaking um, in controllable and reproducible ways 
it, 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 it's really quite something. And the historians, the archaeologists, uh, conjectured that the ancient Druids, um, these ancient nat- nature-worshipping mm-hmm. um, proud people, would use these different modulations. I believe that you, you did use the word proud people. They, they are extremely that they, they were very proud, mm. and they remain very proud, even though many of these traditions are gone. Um, but thankfully, they're being rediscovered, and that's what's so beautiful about this story. Not to get ahead of myself, but these druids right. would use these different modulations. Once again, it is being proposed um, during their ceremonies and incantations and rites right. as a way to channel the voices of the gods right? Okay. or what they perceive to be as the gods, um, you know, like, like hymns. So hymns and chants, like a group of people all using, using harmony to emphasize the sort of the, the sort of godliness of music in itself. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, um, by try, through trial and error and covering various arches and seeing how the sound was modulated, right. they were ultimately able to discover a number of probable modulations um, during these rituals. Okay. Um, and so what they found is is there's uh, you can cover the arches in such a way that there's sort of a reverberation, I a see. Um, yes. Sort of, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of an echo, if you will. Mm-hmm. Another, another uh, configuration of covering these arches gives you a, um, a sort of a delay um, in the way that sound waves are propagated. Right. Um, another configuration, fuzz. Um, uh, you know, a little bit of a distortion. And um, there is, it hasn't been confirmed, but there is some compelling evidence that an overdrive is possible through. What? Through uh, various Acoust- configurations, acoustically, what 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 is an over? What is that? How does how is that recreated within a stone structure? Um, it has to do with the way the sound waves bounce off of uh, the uh, the particular type of stone. I believe it's a particular type of granite that has mm. very interesting properties. Um, it is the the individual arches are spaced out in a way that right. is very precisely resonant with the various frequencies of uh, human speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I think what I think it might be fascinating in this is I believe there have been studies conducted where it was determined that a person by looking down by by projecting their voice down in a, in a sort of controlled environment towards the ground specifically down looking at their their sandals or their shoes mm-hmm. are able to project their voice in a, in a in a very resounding very echoey very uh very overly uh, uh almost like a, like a uh, overly noisy way hmm. uh just by looking down just by staring intently at that the ground like near their shoes I, I have heard of these studies. Um, I, wonder, the, I wonder if these druids were using these techniques. It, um, the the, uh, the 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 gazing at the shoes right. technique is. Um, I, I'm I'm very familiar with that, but I want you to imagine that mm. turned up to eleven with this Stonehenge acoustics. Um, once again, the eighteen-inch Stonehenge. Uh, it, presumably, it scales. Can Can uh, we assume that there were that there were other druids sort of around while the, these druids were sort of performing for the gods as sort of like spectators oh um ab- absolutely there are actually uh numerous ancient roman texts mm-hmm. the detailing exactly that occurrence um really? uh, with uh, it, it's 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 incredible and it goes to show that um the ancient peoples of the world had so much knowledge beyond what we assume they have and mm-hmm. perhaps even what we have. Um, it's, it's wonderful to see these ancient traditions truly proving themselves in a, in a scientific technological context. Right. Um, hopefully, hopefully it, it, certain other structures will end up revealed to be highly technological, such, a, such as the pyramids perhaps or right. uh, Mount Rushmore, you know, that sort of thing. Um, right. but, I mean, what I mean, this this at, in fact, very very much calls to mind some something that that I've heard about recently in the in the ge in the in the geologic uh, like uh, anthropology sort of uh, sciences where recently discovered uh, there was in fact a a a sort of stone structure uh, at least referred to in documentation the actual the actual uh, 
the actual item was never found, but referred to in the structures. Uh, this 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 item that was referred to a lot um, as a whammy. Mm. Yes, and, and how this would be important in, in sort of uh, spiritual uh, acoustic rituals. It, 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 and, and this whammy is that um, is that from the Pacific Islands? Is that a uh, um, wh- what is the provenance of that? Uh, well, the wham I believe the first whammies were were discovered through uh, looking at the Pacific Island texts, specifically mm. islands, really just islands around around the world. As we know, islands have some of the best. Uh, the best acoustics, absolutely, just as land masses. Of, 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 of course, of course. Um, but you know, with that, thank you so much, Rowan. It's oh, very, absolutely. it's wonderful to learn about how people interact with music, even in ancient times. But it's time to move on to my segment where we talk about some eureka, eureka moments throughout this week that were discovered. And this one's going to be a, a bit of a controversial one. It's something that you don't need us to tell you about. You don't need Eureka Cast now to tell you that this event occurred because you probably, especially if you live in Chicago, you probably would have heard about it. Um, and it's going to be controversial because we're going to have some controversial things to say about it. At least I am. Rowan, Rowan, have you heard about the emo wear, the reveal of the emo wear software? As a uh, teenager and in high school, I happened to don a lot of emo wear but um no i i'm afraid i i must have i must have missed this mm, right so, uh, so emo emo wear uh it, it actually there's a lot of backstory around this uh there's a company that was thought to be defunct it was a, a rival several years ago with tech brothers uh, it was a company called uh prairie city dynamics hmm. uh, they were able to acquire several different warehouses a lot of different spaces for laboratories even now the full extent of their operations is unknown uh but they were a a bio dev company is what it's considered and they were they have recently started making waves in the community again this was thought to be a defunct company but the, but they've recently revealed via social media and through a variety of other means uh, that they've been working on a few projects. And uh, they've been doing so in, in a few of their remaining laboratories that haven't been covered over in dust, as it were. And they're gaining quite a bit of buzz. An oh, event. What's, what's this buzz over? Well, the buzz is over an event uh, that they had just list last week where they revealed what they said would be a new age of understanding. Well, I'm on board already. Uh, this past week, they they unveiled uh, in the warehouse district at a, at a at an in depth press conference, uh, emo wear, uh, and this was introduced by the the face of Prairie City Dynamics themselves, uh, Hyloff Boa, who is a, a very uh, eccentric person. And and what is this emo wear? What what what? How was it? What was it described as? Um, presumably, because I'm I'm it's coming to mind this controversy right. that's that's occurred. What what? How was it described? Well, the the thing about emo wear is is uh, e- emotions are understood now more than ever um, to be the real the real the real source of how humans interact with the world. People like to think that people are uh, you know logical creatures, but in reality, people are more emotional, more controlled by emotions. You can yes. hint on people's needs and desires as better indicators of their behavior. Um, when you're looking at emotions rather to actual neurological uh, neurological stimulus. No, and that, and that absolutely makes 100% sense, um, especially when you look in terms of manifestation and manifesting desired outcomes. What you desire, what 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 is your emotions, mm-hmm. resonates within the wider world is what I believe you're trying to say. In a, in a sense, sure. Uh, what I would, what this specific uh, uh, press conference turned out to be about was using this as a as a demonstration of this spider-like covert and seamless graft that uh, that when implanted in a body is able to read the chemistry, the the level of auto, uh, of automatic responses, and the nervous system and thermophysical uh, 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 like systems that are going on. Um, and able to map the structures of feelings and experiences into code. Now, now, um, uh, just to clarify, when you say graft, what does that what does that mean exactly? Well, it's a, it's a small stick like implant that is perfectly 
perfectly uh, installed into the the body um, that it, almost as an extension of said body. Okay. Okay. It sort of tricks the different uh, the different parts of your body into thinking that it that it is in itself a a meaty organ, a, a part of the nervous or the limbic system that it should be interacting with, and that's how it gets most of its information. Interesting. So Very interesting. what? Um, one of the biggest things that they released was a was a software called uh, Court X. Court X is a is an open um, emotion mapping software that, I mean, realistically, one of the big asks for a Prairie City Dynamics here was to encourage people to investigate both their emotions and use Court X to help develop the open source. Uh, the open source understanding of how emotions can be converted into uh, actual actionable data. Well, this all sounds quite laudable so far. Right. Um, it, it's part of this whole lo the lo uh, globalization uh, movement. I believe I've heard about that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the promises that were made with this with with this with this huge reveal was that uh, these automatic processes uh, could, in fact, uh, understand and. Uh, develop fear, uh, like understand and collect uh, the information related to fear, um, specifically the fight or flight response, fight mm -hmm. or flight enhancements, possibly. Um, could help directing and supporting grief and trauma. Um, it, so this day, this uh, this this software might even be able to allow for deeper connections between people and AI, or perhaps people and people. Uh, um, perhaps even a, a therapist on a chip. Right, a therapist on a chip, or in situations of danger or excitement, um, they could they there there could be manifest certain technology, uh, external technology, which would create something like a force field on the outside, or sort of like a fight or flight. They could you know develop wings, or brass knuckles, whatever you may need, depending on this this automatic emotional response to stimuli. That's uh, that's quite interesting. That is quite interesting. And that's when and that's when. They brought out the cats, mm. and this is what this is the big buzz. This is the this is what has caused everybody to keep talking about this. Was behind uh, uh, behind Hyloth uh, were these stacked cages. They were turned around for most of the press conference, but at this sort of point, they turned these cages around, revealing all of these different cats, dozens and dozens of cats. Where they got the cats, nobody really knows. But um, they had all these cats, and and they wanted to demonstrate how this software could be used. Uh, um, so what they did was they opened up these cages and they, they showed the, each of these cats had implanted in them one of these, uh, one of these grafts, one of these installed implants, uh, full, full body implants. And uh, they had sticking out of them the one external, uh, uh, the one external piece of, of the software, which mm -hmm. was, a, uh, was a, what they called an limbic emission detector or an LED, hmm. which is capable of expelling fluorescence from a cell right above the left eye. <clears throat> so, so to clarify, um, it was a light? It was a fluorescent device, yes. Okay. okay. Um, and they then asked people to interact with these cats and notice what they were doing. So they gave people, uh, they asked people to pet the cats, uh, they asked people to feed the cats, they asked people to agitate the cats and or taunt the cats. Um, they even gave many people spray bottles wherein they could spray those cats. Well, this is this is sounding more and more cruel and unnecessary as time goes on. It's, I mean, it's all it's all for the sake of science. Um, when, and what they what they de what they demonstrated was that each of these cats, depending on what you did to them, depending on their emotional state, you may say these these uh, these LEDs they fluoresce different colors. Okay. So you can in fact map a color onto a specific emotion. In these cats, and and the reason they used cats, as uh, as Boa said, was uh, that the feline social emotional complexity was the only one uh, adequate enough for demonstrating the power of this device. Well, well, cats are very wise. They do have a very deep um, internal life, um, which I am so privileged to have shared with right. many of the cats that I have talked to. Yeah, I mean, you if what you saw was these cats' emotional, these LEDs flashing different colors. Just constantly, the 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 state of uh, of fluctuation in a cat's emotions is 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 very stunning. Um, now about the controversy with this whole system. Um, the thing that I at least want to point out, and many have pointed this out, but have, working at Tech Brothers, having involvement with the Chicago Body Project, I think it's important to 
to talk about the expectations here. I mean, those were big expectations, big, big asks. I mean, force fields, brass knuckles, truly mm. understanding what another person is feeling at any given time. These are huge, yeah. huge revolutionary a- ab- Absolutely. And, um, you know, I am I like to believe people when they say things. But even as you were describing this, I thought this seems a little far-fetched. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and it kind of is. And in fact, what, we, what this whole demonstration was is... Uh, is honestly kind of old hat. The Chicago Body Project has been working on developing thousands of chemoelectric receptors um, for mapping millions of different emotional states for for decades now. Um, in fact, there was a uh, there was a recent, not even recent, a few years ago, uh, they revealed the Chicago Body Project and, and Tech Brothers jointly revealed this uh, this new this new cow, Phyllis the cow, who hmm. uh, was able to based on how you treated this uh, Phyllis, um, radiated a very vague uh, aura-like light. I mean, not an LED, not not even more, way more complex than an LED, entirely illuminating with light and then a a pheromone-like smell that increased, uh, that that actually had uh, encouraged other people's heart rates to increase while this cow's heart rate increased, thereby having you feel what this cow feels. Phyllis, in fact, was was sort of like a you by by just interacting with this cow, you felt what they felt. Well, I don't mean to cast aspersions on what I'm sure you find is a very interesting result, a very interesting technology. But if you wanted to read the aura of a cow, I have many people I could have talked to 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 handle that. I don't think we need to have this complex workaround for something that a a even a a first year light worker should be able to provide. But well, um, well I mean, we it's we. I know you probably work in different situations, but we like to have uh, quantitative values. We like we like to get actual data rather than rather than just sort of colors. Well, uh, as I'm sure you are aware. Mm-hmm. Colors can be described with hexadecimals. Yeah, that they can. Which is a number. So, checkmate. I believe it's time for the mid-show meditation. Go ahead, go ahead, Rowan. Thank you, thank you very much for that story. By the way, it's very right. exciting to see. We'll keep you updated, but don't get your hopes up. We've had this technology for years. Well, and if you believe Rowan, we've had this technology since the beginning of time. As, as much like Stonehenge, uh, the ancient world holds perhaps even more wisdom than we have today. Time will tell. And perhaps a lot less. So for today's mid-show mid meditation, um, as always, uh, if you'd like to join us, Kai, join um, and the listener as well. I, I always join you So in um, my own way. So close your eyes, take a deep breath, and... Imagine hot, stale air blows across your face. Sweat drips in your eyes as you struggle to find the right panel. The computer needs repair. It demands repair. It is your job to fix it. The tunnels run for miles, and all throughout the aging servers click and shriek. You know what will happen if you fail. And we are back. You're back. Welcome welcome back, Rowan. Wasn't that just a wonderful exercise in imagination and mindfulness and, and really putting yourself in a totally different place? I mean, it, it certainly, I don't know about a different place, it certainly reminded me of when I used to work in IT as a young lad oh. in in my family's uh, in my family's IT repair shop. Oh, wow. Whereas a, as a mere 5-year-old, I would be working on changing screens out, changing keys, using one of those Q-tips to to clean underneath the RAM. Well, that sounds like a very um gr- a great way to learn a skill yeah, as a young man. Where I got my love and appreciation of a, of a nice computer. That's 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 wonderful. That's In wonderful. fact, sometimes I called the computer my third parent, and on bad days I called it my only parent. Well, that explains an awful lot. 
And um, to that end, I think we can address some of the problems that have resulted from that um, with can tonight's we? special segment. Really? Yes. Rowan, I, we talked a little bit about this beforehand, and I'm super excited about this this specific one because I consider myself as uh, as the funny one in the office here at the at the media disruption uh, in the, in the new media laboratories. Well, that that's and and that's um, a tragedy. That truly. <laughs> That's really quite unfortunate for both you and your coworkers, because um, what we're here to talk about tonight is a exceptional breakthrough study that just came really? out out of the Jungian Academy of the Unconscious, where they have where developed. Is the, where is this? Uh, this is this is actually located in Chicago. It's okay. um, it, it, and it, it is um, they have developed a protocol to help anyone anyone at all hmm. develop a sense of humor and and i think i think a the protocol you say yes a a, a, a procedure a s number of steps sure. to um help people An autonomous learn how to take the lighter side of life right. inside of themselves and 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 learn to 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 let loose and have and have fun um so before we get into the protocol the listener might be asking themselves, and you might be asking yourself, Kai, um, why should I bother having humor? Um, I've never it's done a, it before. It's a pretty good question. I, 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 don't, I, I don't understand it. I'm assuming you're asking yourself that. I don't understand it. I don't, um, I don't like it. Um, it makes me feel uncomfortable, but well, there are benefits. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've certainly, I don't know why you're saying I'm asking questions. I've, I've written several papers on this topic. Oh really? Yes. Really? The new media laboratories, the importance of humor in educate in scientific education. Well, and I think that is where um, there is a, a disconnect because mm -hmm. um, um, educational humor or edutainment, as it no is known, mm -hmm. is quantitatively not humor. It's not funny. It's not. It's not. What about uh, comedia comedia del science? I'm 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 as a historical concept. Um, with Lavoisier and Laplace mm -hmm. and what have you, it ha it's very important. But when you look at it by the new modern analyses of right. what is humor, it's not. It falls short. But it's okay. It's okay. We're okay. going. This this is an excellent example for the listener um, of of how therapeutic this can be. Um, so, uh, but before all this, let's talk about the benefits of humor. Um, right. There there are there are numerous benefits of humor. Um, Productivity, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Oh, of course. Um, uh, having quote unquote jokes at work, as you are. Right. Uh, mental. We like to keep a, a, a joke a joke quotient to about three or four uh, PSA. Um, and what does that stand for? Per segmented hour, but hour spelled in the French way. I see. But uh, I think the most, uh, probably the most in, in, interesting and, and uh, um, commanding thing that has been determined that is correlated with sense of humor is actually lifespan. Um, hmm. The more of a sense of humor, um, based on, of course, various metrics you have, um, the longer you live. Uh, there is a number of studies that have been done, countless, countless studies that have been done, um, comparing the lifespan of funny versus humorless C. elegans to see if there was a difference. And based on their research, not only is there a difference, but it is possible to extrapolate to humans. And when you extrapolate, every chuckle, every individual chuckle, mm -hmm. adds the equivalent of one minute, roughly one minute to your life. A full laugh, a full laugh, or uh, perhaps a belly laugh, um, adds anywhere between one to one and a half hours. And really? actually participating, yourself participating in a goof adds a full three <clears throat> a full three days to your lifespan based on this research. What constitutes a goof? Um, if you have to ask that this protocol is right for you. Fascinating. So um, first step. Uh, I don't think that's how science works. But I I appreciate the enthusiasm. Well, you know what they say: psychology is more of a um, 
more of a social science than a science. Sure. So there's a little bit. But more now we're talking room. about lifespans, which falls a little bit outside of psychology. Well, um, I think that this studies, these studies show that that is not the case. So mm. let's get into the protocol. Okay. Uh, the first step in the protocol, um, and I, I, I don't expect you to be able to do this in this context, Kai. Um, so I'll forgive you for this, but you want to loosen up. The goal is to get yourself I... into a state of relaxation. How describe what that means? Well, uh, it means uh, a lot of different things to a lot of people. It, 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 the 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 methodology is less important than the outcome. So, for I'm, example, I'm... maybe do some stretches mm. or some yoga if you are proficient in that art. Um, right, that I've, might be good. I've I personally have perfected doing a full. I I've uh, perfected doing a full fifteen minute set of yoga. In just two minutes. Really? Yes. Yeah, speeding through this yoga, getting all the effects in a small bite-sized time, where I can I can do it at the computer. I can do it while while looking over reports. I, I feel as though that might be missing the point here a little bit, but um, instead of that, instead of that uh, bastardization, uh, perhaps... Now, is that in the paper? The bastard... Is the term bastardization used in this paper? Um... Not not in so many words, no. Um, not in that single word. Not... So, um, if that if 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 stretching and yoga doesn't doesn't mm-hmm. help you out, um, perhaps put yourself in a comfortable, calm place, something that's very relaxing, um, like at work. No, maybe a a geothermal pool or a sweat lodge. Or if, if you have access to it, a sensory deprivation tank. Mm. Normal things that people can get relaxed and have available. Right. I haven't used my sensory deprivation tank in years. Well, maybe maybe after this program, it is the time to to try it out, bring it out. Sure. Um, so once you're in this state of relaxation. Can I do work in it? Uh, but no, this is... This is the... I don't think work... Rowan, I do not think that work is a sense. And that's where I have you there. I suppose I can't disagree with that. I suppose I suppose I suppose I cannot. Um, the second step mm-hmm. of this this protocol um, is you want to focus your mind on funny. So to clarify a little bit more, you want to take um, in your mind's eye, um, send all of your energy into thinking slash manifesting things that you know other people have said are funny. You don't have to get it yourself. You absolutely do not. This is not, um, presumably if you need this protocol, um, you're so disconnected from what's actually amusing that, that you probably won't get it. Right. Well, could, could they be things that I think are funny and other people do not think are funny? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, it has to be something that is universally agreed upon that is funny. Because once again, if you are if you are doing this and you find yourself in a, a situation where you need to develop a sense of humor such as yourself, you cannot trust what you have decided is funny because mm-hmm. it is not. It is not. You need to look at what is known to be funny, quantifiably funny things tell me tell me about these quantifiably funny things well it's based it's simply based on numbers and the numbers of people that find this certain thing funny uh, there, it, it, for one example going to the internet there's this wonderful picture that is passed around in many circles on the internet that right. that um I, in the new media laboratories we call it a, a we call it a meme picture. Well, yes, it is in fact a meme picture, um, and, and this one in particular depicts a a, a meme visualization. I mean, exactly, exactly. So maybe you can focus on this. Sure. It is a um, a illustration, a cartoon, mm-hmm. if you will, a cartoon of a rabbit. Right. A very a, a rabbit with a very oblong shape, and he is known as I believe large chungus. And large. This is, Large chungus. Correct, and and this is this is something, for example, you could focus on. It is quantifiably funny based on the number of people it's, that find it. In itself, it it displays the the it displays certain characteristics of that we've defined as humor. Uh, it, it, that that is known to be humor in the sense that people have laughed at it. Right. So that's an example of something you could focus what, on. How many laughs does this one does this large chungus have? Millions and millions. Millions of laughs. Millions and millions. Is this the most laughed at, laughed at 
visualization? No, as a matter of fact, it's not. Mm -hmm. um, that which comes to another one I was going to provide um, as a, an easy example. Right. If, if perhaps, for example, if you have trouble imagining this, this a chunk is so large. Uh, absolutely. Perhaps something a little bit more that you can really wrap your head around. Ab absolutely, absolutely. That's and that's the the other one I wanted to provide. Um, there is, it's, it's not so much a visualization right. as it is an anecdote that is passed around mm. in these internet circles. Um, it, it, it's about a, a researcher right. who, um, through, it's, so it's, uh, it's relatable. It is relatable. Sense. It's relatable to, to you and I, and most likely the listener. Right. Um, they it, are citizen scientists. Absolutely. Absolutely. After all. Um, and this researcher transmogrifies himself into a pickle. I, I, he, Wait. He is. He. I believe he is. The researcher is working on a pickle. No. 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 He turns the himself. Doing research on pickles. No. 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 He turns himself into a pickle. He converts himself into a pickle. Correct. And according to most, yeah, including myself, it is the, the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Easily. I'm. I still. I don't think I quite understand. And that's why this protocol is for you. So those are two examples of something you could focus on. There's also um, what is the where does there's the work did, of Jeffrey Dunham. There's the work of Daniel Cook. There's the um, Andrew Dice uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew DC. Uh, correct. Um, there's all sorts of other individuals that that are quantifiably funny. What kind of pickle was it? <laughs> Maybe therein lies the the question. I, <laughs> If I keep thinking about it, I'm not going to be able to do this show. So we're just going to have to move on. Is we're the, just going to have to move on. <laughs> is the is the chungus related to this? <laughs> um, I'm going to leave it to you to go on the internet to find that one out. I believe I believe they may be. Um, but based on the fact that you're not laughing uh, with that concept in mind, clearly, clearly, we need to move on to the third step. Mm -hmm. um, so you have gotten comfortable you've loosened yourself up you have visualized something that is quantifiably known to be funny what's the next step you laugh while focusing on what's funny you know what is known to be funny you you make yourself laugh it's okay if you're forcing it this is therapeutic behavioral modification so at first it's gonna feel uncomfortable and it's going to feel forced, mm -hmm. but that's okay. It, it's like working out. It's working out your, 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 your funny bone, if you will. Right. Um, so uh, while, uh, to that end, don't just limit yourself to one type of laughter. There's a whole world of laughter out there. So try out all sorts. See what resonates with you. Categorizations of laughter, okay. I would imagine. Absolutely. Um, you have your, chor your chortles. Try a chortle, a titter, a giggle, even a cackle. Um, uh, Kai. Yes. Would you? Uh, why don't you try this exercise with us tonight? Well, I would prefer that maybe a, a pill could be provided to me to make it easier. Oh well, we'll 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 touch on that in a little bit. But but why don't why, just a little titter, just a little titter for for me and the for me and the listener. A titter. A titter. What what genus of laughter does this fall under? How about how about a giggle? Again, what genus of laughter does this fall let's, under? Uh, it, I need to understand the the evolution of this laugh. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, does it start? What, does it start high or low? Um. Let's just move on. Um. On your subject of a pill. No, I could try something. Um. Okay. Please. But does it? Okay. This is a laughter that I observed in specifically. Uh, there was a, there was this one AI that I that I became very quite fond of, who would mm -hmm. who would laugh at every joke that I ever told, and it was sort of a laugh like. <laughs> like something like that. Well, or I think it was a little bit higher than that. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, um, my heart is racing. That's, it's an excellent start and it, it, it's not necessarily an easy protocol, but with practice, these three steps, loosen up, focus on funny and laugh. If you repeat that from anywhere between um, three to forty-eight months, individuals have been proven. There are proven outcomes for um, individuals either regaining or growing entirely new senses of humor. Hmm. Um, but 
uh, that's such a, a long time frame and for yeah, some sounds... people it has there's some difficulty so Do, um, are there any confirmed are there really any confirmed cases and what is the what is the probability of a of, of somebody going through this protocol following the steps and in fact seeing success well um there was a a uh, a pool uh, for the study it was a pool of um one dozen individuals, a very right. a very high number of individuals who came one, forward. One dozen. Exactly, one dozen. Oh, that came forward. Came forward to participate in the study. Right. And that had a, um, a, a, a seven of them managed to develop a um, therapeutically quantifiable sense of humor from having either a um, under underdeveloped or completely undeveloped sense of humor. And how does one determine that some that that another has developed a fully functional sense of humor. Well, do you remember those two examples I provided you earlier? I believe one was a rabbit and one I'm still confused about this. That so they the scientists did research on this pickle prior to the transplant no, modification. No, I'm, I'm no, no, no. See, and once again, if you if you <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Again. <laughs> That's that 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 is the um <laughs> that is the uh that is the diagnostic criteria. If that is not something that you respond to positively, then um it is underdeveloped well, or underdeveloped. I personally I enjoy seeing pictures of rabbits. Well, that's, that's in fact I've developed several several algorithms that generate entirely new pictures of rabbits that haven't existed before. <laughs> Just because I would like to see more of them, there aren't enough rabbits out there. Well, that's that's uh, that's that's wonderful, that's wonderful, Kai. And you know, I wish you could take that enthusiasm, that energy that you have for these wastes of time and resources, and put them towards personal betterment, like this protocol. But I understand you're very busy, and that the idea busy. the idea of this time span as developed now is probably too much for you. Right. Which is why I'd like to offer you the the simon amy methodology of mm -hmm. speeding up this protocol um now it's not an official solution for wellness because as i'm sure you're well aware simon amy does not piggyback on the work of others um whatsoever right. but this is informally something that is being discussed at the spirit science institute for um for for an enhancement of the protocol mm. um so what we've been doing at Simon Amy is we've been using the same protocol once again. Uh, it, it's it's loosen up, focus on funny and laugh. But we add a fourth element, which is pharmaceuticals. Tell tell me. So this is something that happens after the three. No, in all three steps, there are a number of, of of pharmaceuticals, psychotropics. So it's less of an it's less of a an addition to the protocol and more of a like a fundamental change of it. Correct. And what so what we attempted to do during um, these steps is um, reach a state known as ego death. It sounds very scary, but it's quite benign, and it's actually quite therapeutic in a number of situations. A, a, a chemically induced, a, a pharmaceutically induced ego death. Correct, correct. I mean, there's no... <laughs> I'd like to see you try and find another kind, but uh, uh, nevertheless. Uh, essentially, a um, an ego death, it's, it's something that's described by psychiatrists um, in myself as a soft reset of the mind. Maybe that's a metaphor that, that you can understand. A little bit easier. I mean, there are benefit. There are certainly benefits to resetting a, a, a program or even an entire system. Certainly, absolutely, absolutely. And in in that way, um, it's helpful in breaking down emotional barriers and and reforming, mm -hmm. um, perhaps uh, re refragmenting. Uh, um, I'm sorry, I, I'm not really sort familiar with these optimizing. terms. Optimizing. Optimizing systems. It's not a factory reset. It's more of a soft reset. It, right. Like when you have a pin that you have to stick in your cell phone, a little hole. It's sort of like that. That's ego death. Right. I mean, Rowan, I should I should let you know that despite despite significant research by the Chicago Body Project, we have not in fact found at least a an accessible orifice that a pin may be able to penetrate. Which would accomplish this? I don't know if this changes anything. Perhaps not a pin, but a needle certainly. Um, so these pharmaceuticals, for example, um, mm -hmm. ketamine—wonderful way to initiate this soft reset. Oh, I see. Um, these, these pharmaceuticals—they are not—they are not—they are not necessarily 
uh, uh, branded. They are they are not unique. These are these are common everyday typical pharmaceuticals that one might find for a variety of through a variety of means. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay. not just ketamine, of course. Uh, there's things that that's the most effective right. one, certainly. But there's also if you're in a pinch, um, psilocybin, mescaline, uh, certain kinds of solvent as well, industrial solvent, and that's all depending on its accessibility right. to you and the legality of these substances this, in your area. This, I mean, this certainly adds legitimacy, since uh, I I do know that there is no financial uh, financial res retribution coming being asked for by the people uh, pr promoting this well uh we the once again research is ongoing to find the correct mixture of various uh of these ego death in, in inducing substances but um it, it, it as of now it is merely a uh a a, a pick your therapy sort of situation right. um so uh with that all said with all said, and this is something that we have determined, um, frankly, at great pain and at great um, uh, dismay um, for the subjects that we we tested this on, do not use laughing gas. Do not use laughing gas really? during this 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 protocol. No, it is it is highly hazardous to the protocol. Um, it can reveal review. It can result in in severe stunting of the parts of the brain that are associated with humor and um you know uh continence as well mm -hmm. um so, so nit nitrous oxide is, is not an appropriate uh an appropriate pharmaceutical to be used in, the, in these processes no no not at all well, what, um, hap what what exactly happens in, in 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 case one does use it um it's once again it stunts the 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 parts of the brain associated with humor um, it stunts the parts of the brain associated with bladder control. It stunts parts of the brain that are related to higher thinking in terms of, um, I, I, there's a laundry list of reasons, but I want, right. I want, I will share this tragic story of, uh, one of our subjects who was a, um, a brilliant pianist, absolutely incredible, right. um, musician um, who was suffering from a lack of sense of humor, and they went in and we we used um, this laughing gas. And when they came out, um, they their hands were in <clears throat> their hands were in fact turned into lobster claws. I I would imagine. I mean, not a literal lobster claw. That right. would be that would be silly. But the the fingers were were fused together. Right. I would imagine. I would imagine in this case there was a significant amount of uh, inflammation um uh we don't less inflammation more inflation mm, okay. um and 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 so with that dear listener if you take nothing else from this and this protocol and how applicable it might be please say no to cheap laughs yeah i i certainly heard stories about laughing gas uh, nit nitrous oxide being uh, mixed with other gases, sort of, uh, you, you know, sort of uh, industrial cleaning gases and, and whatnot. You don't you don't want to fall into a, a situation where your gas is, is tainted. Um, certainly something that I've experienced uh, at buying industrial gases. Well, thank you for this fascinating and enlightening information. Yes, and, and Kai, um, as I'm sure you um, feel free to stop by the clinic, the Simon Amy Clinic, anytime to help us walk you through these, uh, through these, this protocol to, to help you with your, um, with your difficulties in this regard. Well, I certainly do have a lot of difficulties, Rowan, but you know, my classic sense of humor is not one of them. Well, uh, that is um, up for discussion, certainly. But I believe it's time for a citizen science. Um, yes, uh, as you know, every single week we 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 invite scientists of all of all creeds out there, of all levels of education, to tell us about their science. Either us or someone else. Really, just talk about their science in an open and uh, and and free form environment, and we read it so that we all might be a little bit more informed about the world around us. 
there's so much wisdom that is found um outside the 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 pearly halls of academia in in terms of right. what what the the average individual out there is learning and the science they um both participate in and experience right the 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 pearly gates of uh of the giant the the the, the giant giant publications like nature like neuroscience like the new york times all these large publications that really keep the the everyday scientists uh information it doesn't make them as public it doesn't really support and encourage them no, it so not. we like it to do not. that we like to give them the opportunity absolutely rowan could you please read us our citizen science absolutely and this is one that i um personally uh quite resonate with and i feel that this is an excellent point that's being made by um, presumably this very well-educated individual um quote <clears throat> as long as you are not com comatose or have vision problems short-term high blood sugar is not worth taking insulin why would you risk becoming dependent on insulin for the rest of your life i am anti-medication in general i would only take insulin if i would could not see well or was comatose i think that's an excellent point i think that's a that's a wonderful point um so much um of uh, so many diseases in in some ways are self-limiting or require a, a, a even a fraction of the treatment that industrialized western medicine would prescribe um it, absolutely it's, i think they're making an excellent point i incur i you know, the root of all sciences is questioning and i appreciate the questioning that goes on in this comment i appreciate the the questioning and the willingness to make a statement. I sh I hope that there's. I hope that they follow it up with some actionable scientific research. I I, I on the effects of insulin and the lack thereof. Um, and to that point, to that point, um, I happen to also think that many people with diabetes could, in early stages, mm -hmm. if they did not resort to insulin or other treatments, they could simply sweat it out. It could simply be sweated out. Many things, many diseases are capable of, of if you stick it out mm. and and you, you don't treat it early on, right. it resolves itself. I, I will give you that this is the case in, in a lot of situations. I'd like to close on a quote by uh, an inspiration of mine. Uh, this is by a Dr. Gwentham Frontbottom who uh, is a revolutionary mathematician and scientist uh, who, who, said, who said this. Math isn't numbers or equations or the relationships between quantities and values. It's a conversation with an old friend and a timid lover. Eureka Cast Now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are rebroadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WLPN LP 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please uh, follow us on EurekaCast on Twitter. Um, and I believe we have other methods, uh, other means of getting in contact with us, don't we, Rowan? Correct. Um, if you engage in other forms of social media, uh, please feel free to find us at facebook.com slash awcyfm. We have come into that name. Or send in electronic mail to awcyfm at gmail.com. Once again, we came into it. Right. I mean, I, I do think there's been a lot of questions out about how we came into this name. And it all goes back to the uh, the sort of the sort of domain uh the server crawler po uh, uh out outpost crawler uh, uh softwares that we at guy5 have developed to search through for sort of dormant domains and and server outposts basically um and, and there was also a matter of uh, a great deal of debt that was owed by a um the previous owner of these domains to the Simon Amy uh, Solutions for Wellness Incorporated, but that way, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yes, uh, if you've witnessed any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs, 
um, or even participated in them, uh, please once again reach out to awcyfm at gmail. That's awcyfm at gmail.com. Calling all citizen scientists out there. We want to connect with you. We want to be the one that helps you with your groundbreaking research discoveries. Absolutely. It would be the public service that that, that we set out to provide mm-hmm. when we started this program. Right. Um, so with that, Chicago, allow us here at Eureka Cast Now to gesticulate rites of grace on your journey onward. Ha 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 ha. It was a, it was a good effort. It was a good effort.